You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Oh, I tell you, Jennifer, she is, she is really a party pooper. This is Dirt and Sprague. Jennifer poops at parties, so she poops at parties, so so and people know this. With Andy Dirt Johnson and Brendan Sprague. I, I poop at parties. I poop at parties, but people don't know because I close the door. Dirt and Sprague on 1080. Where where do she go for it? Does she does she visit a water closet and make door of the open so people may see and smell things? This sounds horrible. The fan. All right, welcome back in. Loaded second hour of the show. Good morning. Happy fast break. Friday to all that observe baseball almost here in our lives on a daily basis. So good yesterday. Getting that noon. Dodgers just teeing off on Joe Musgrave. Had a listener on, uh, you know, it's all been a blur since he left, but I had a listener at some point earlier this week that was like, could you talk about sports that are actually happening? And I just kept going. Uh, there was no Pac-12 hoops. Or I was going to say. We don't really talk Cracking about Cracking got hockey. a huge win over the Canucks 5-2 last night. Well, there's there's sports going on right now. Yeah. Sports is back. Basketball was back yesterday. Did you see the Thunder steamrolling the Clippers? I, I saw the score. Oh, man. Jalen Williams, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, Chet dominating the Clippers. Uh, I got some futures on the Western Conference race swag that I want to get to at Spring in Line today with you. There we will do. Yes, the Warriors-Lakers big uh, showdown to avoid uh, the play-in. Yeah. Was it big? LeBron didn't play. I don't know. Uh, TV, I mean, TNT, they would have you believe that uh, that's the big game. I'll give you a side note, and I've, you know, I love the NBA. It's a pretty bad look for the league. I mean, there's always, there's a lot of bad looks for the league right now. It's not so great a look. When players that participated in all-star activities are then listed out for the first game back after their extended vacation. And I know some of them went to the all-star game and they participated in stuff. And that's great. I'm glad they did. But if you can do that, why are you missing the first game back? Uh, that That's LeBron. How many times That's LeBron- also Scoot. Scoot went to the all-star weekend. Does Scoot have a legitimate injury? I mean, it's an abductor, you know, it's the abductor thing. And I'm not saying to play him if he's really hurt. I'm not even questioning. I just, it's not a good look is what I'm no, saying for the league. it's not a good look. Hey, LeBron, what'd you do on your break? Well, I played like 10 minutes in the All-Star game. Cool. 
First game back against the Warriors. Can't wait. Oh, I'm not going to play in that game. <laughs> what? It's on TV. Um, also, Kevin Durant got called a bitch yesterday. Did you see that? I, I missed that. Sun's coming out into Dallas. They ended up losing that game. God, Phoenix is, they're a weird team. So is Dallas, though. But KD comes out on the court with the you know the rest of his teammates. This pregame, or? this is yeah, it was like layup line, like oh, okay. last layup line before the anthem and all that stuff. And as KD comes out, a woman with her boyfriend right there, you can hear it. He runs past her, and you're bitch. And he stops. He turns around. He walks up to him, and the lady and guy, they're the only people there. She instantly turns into the. I'm just playing. Give me a high five. Give me a high five. And yep. she's trying to get a high five. And he's just like, why would you call me a bitch? And then her boyfriend steps in, and you can hear the guy. And the guy goes, her boyfriend died about, or her brother, excuse me, died four years ago. He was a mentor of mine. Uh, and then you can hear Kitty say, so why did she call me a bitch? And the guy goes, I'm getting to it. I host a local podcast. And Katie just went, oh, out of here. And he turned around and walked away. Because a guy's trying to plug his podcast because yeah. his girlfriend called Kevin Durant a bitch. What a league. Those are the people that they got to get out. Uh, got to get those people out of arenas. Yeah, certainly... But that guy's hosting a podcast somewhere in Dallas. <sighs> which, by the way, I hope we find out who he is so I can never listen to that podcast. What are you doing? I, I, I don't know. You cannot like a player. What do you call a player? You what don't do you need do to that do that, that. You don't need to do that. Be more clever than that, by the way. How about you just root for your team? How about just boo? What happened to yeah. booing? We used to be a we used to be a strong, respectable nation. We used to boo our Just opponents. Boo. Do um, some homework. Get more clever. Yeah. Certainly, KD's got enough material out there. He does. You know. Well, he lives for that. You know, he likes it. But I I like the confrontation. If you're gonna call an athlete call that, call him Burner Boy or something like that. Burner Boy. That's like it's <laughs> a nice one. He refuses to take any of the cool nicknames that he's given. So maybe he would like Burner Boy. I don't know. Um, Blazers second half of the season. Underway tonight against the old Denver Nuggets. No scoot. Uh, this is now the time where we ask out loud, is it officially draft season for everybody, or will we actually get to watch the, the good players that are on the team play? Hooray! No? Okay. A lot of Delano Banton. Is that what our second half is going to be? I, I've been mildly attentive in the first half. and now Mildly is very... <laughs> I think that's being generous to you, to be honest. Based on my conversations with you and Dirt, I'd come in and say something, and you guys would be like, I, I don't know. Just enough to <laughs> do updates and, and talk on the show. But is it compelling basketball? No, no not really. It's going to get bad. So who they, si they signed somebody yesterday. Was it Hagen's? Oh, did they? Because he was originally on a ten day. Yeah, so I think they, they gave did him they a two -way. sign him to a two way yeah, because think... they did get. And this I like to see. Duop Reith got off his two way and got a standard NBA contract. So congratulations to Duop Reith. Yes, because he's been one of the silver linings to this season. For him the and Jabari, Trailblaze. man. Him and Jabari have been yes. like my favorite things of the season. So yes. Far. So congratulations to him for getting that, and that's well deserved. He's he's truly been one of the developmental things. And if you say, what's the G League really around for? It's that. As hard as this is. But if that's the highlight of your season. Yeah. I mean, well, that's what injuries do, though, right? True. Like, Scoot's 19. He's been banged up, in and out of the lineup, starting, coming off the bench, back in the starting lineup. Oh, now he's hurt. And 
Ant's Ant's a good player. They're like Danny's put out some of the metrics. He's he gets blitzed the second most of any player in the league. I know like the attention he's getting, and I don't mean any disrespect, but I just I've kind of felt like the season's a little under what I thought it would be. The only issue I have watching Ant play on a regular basis is he tends to dominate the basketball too much for my taste. Yeah, and um, I and I don't know if he does if he does just doesn't trust the other guys completely there. He doesn't know how to play off the basketball. I don't know what it is, but for my tastes, well, he dominates the basketball too much at times. I think on that note, I think he does. I mean, how do you trust all of the youth around you? I mean, there's a lot of well, I understand that, but you still on. have, you know, you still have. Can he create better? Certainly. I agree with you there. Yeah. He, he had told. I appreciate Scoop because he's trying to make plays for other guys and, and he's learning. When do I take mine, go to the rack. Yeah. He's still developing his jump shot, which all summer long he needs to be in a gym and shooting 10,000 shots a day until he finds something consistent that can get close to 35, 36%. So people have to respect him. That will open up lanes and him going, but he is more of a playmaker at heart. And I appreciate that. Well, I I think, yeah, I mean, I, I that's okay to say. I think you're also talking about two very different styles of players. No, I understand. Ants and not, I like one over the other. I'm always fine. a Magic Johnson guy. I, what he did in back in the days sure. was just beautiful. I, I, I have no problem with that. I think the tough thing here is, you know, and, and I... You're not going to say anything controversial to a podcast, but Danny interviewed Ann a couple nights ago on the Jack Ramsey's pod. I I missed it. I had basketball practice. But one thing he talked about was playing off ball with Scoot. And I, you know, I think if you pressed Ant behind the scenes off the record, he would he would tell you honestly, yeah, this is not the long-term thing that the team's going to be doing. But even trying to sell that like he can play off ball, he said he said that he thought he played really well off the ball last year. And I just I fundamentally disagree with that. I think he has to he's a have to have the ball guy. I don't think he's off the ball guy. And I think Scoot's the same way. Scoot yeah. has to have the ball. He's not off the well, ball. We didn't guy. have the ball as much because Damian Lillard was on the team. Well, I know, I understand, but like <laughs> he thought he he said he thought he played pretty well off ball, showed that he could be the two. I disagreed with that just wholeheartedly. They're not gonna win a lot of games here. I, I think as tough as this has been for a lot of people, and you know, TV uh their 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 package for their television uh situation. Yeah, Root getting kicked up the, the by food Comcast. chain by Comcast yeah. didn't help. It didn't help. The the team being turned over from Dame to a new era, that doesn't help. Ticket sales are two dollars. Like I know their ticket sales haven't dropped that much this year compared to their TV. I'd also argue it's because yeah, you can go to a game for four dollars right now. The Willamette Weekly just wrote an article about this. The people that are buying the two and three dollar tickets online, and I enjoyed the read, but I think largely this is hard. Going through rebuilds is very difficult. This team's not going to win a whole lot of games in the second half. Brogdon's already going to be out. Jeremy's played most of the year. I won't be shocked if he eventually gets to a point where he's going to be sitting out. And that's what happens in tanking seasons. That's why you sign Ashton Hagens to two-way deals. You want to you want to see what he does in the G League. And then when you need him in the last 12 games, hey, Delano Banton, Ashton Hagen show. Let's go. That's a tough watch. It's a tough sell. But I I will say this, as critical as I've been, and I've had people, you know, disagree with being critical, which I I just fundamentally disagree with. I think you should always be putting a little heat, a little pressure, a little noise on the local teams. If they go out and try to get better, 
the year that Cooper Flag's coming out, that's going to be interesting. And that, not that they're going to be, because me and Danny talked about this last night on the pod. I just, I think at this point, you're so entrenched in it that you have to just double, triple down despite how hard it's going to be for everybody, myself included here. When I, when I, when I originally said we ain't built for it, I grew up here. I, I am as aware of what it's like. We don't like to watch crappy basketball. We don't like to watch crappy basketball. I grew up my youth in the 80s watching the Blazers finish right around 500 quite a bit, and they'd get just drilled by the Lakers. What in was the that first Coliseum round. crowd like? Uh, it was still 12,666. It was hopeful, uh, but, you know, you got drilled by Kareem and Magic and Byron Scott right. and James Worthy and. Yeah, but you got to see the Showtime Lakers in person in the playoffs for a couple of times. But capture the flag. Let's capture the flag. We have to. I mean, I think you have to. The problem with the way that the draft lottery is now set up. Yeah, your top three, your same odds as each other. Yeah, you're and so. Have you seen this kid though? I'm seeing highlights all the time, and I'm like, what is he six ten? I think he's six ten, maybe six eleven, maybe a six ten and a half. He. He crossed a dude over the other night and did a step back three, and he just drained it. I'm like, oh. White Garnett. White Garnett. Yeah, but you, uh, is there. But if you don't hit, but at least the draft next year is going to be deeper. So if the draft is deeper, if there is a, you know, a Kevin Durant after the Greg Oden, not to open old wounds, but. If there's a two and a three, sure. Uh, then okay, yeah. Then you can feel a little more comfortable rolling the dice. But if it's just a one, like Wembyama this year, and then everybody else, that's like well, Brandon Miller. I mean, Brandon Miller's having a good rookie year. I'm not going to say Wembyama and everybody else. Brandon Miller's actually had a really nice season. Yeah, but to the point he... where I think some Blazer fans have seen it and followed it and gone. You know, Charlotte would have taken Scoot. <clears throat> Might still have Dame with Brandon Miller, and you know. I... But you're if if you're going to go that route again, you're really hoping for the franchise changing, defining player. Well, you know, I watched a team last night. I want to talk about this because there's a couple names I want to throw out real quick um, about looking at from a Portland perspective and a team that I watched last night that I'm like, that that's the model. That that model right there is one that I like, and it takes time to your to what you're saying. But I want to talk about a couple names that have been mentioned. We'll talk about this some more. Uh, Blazers second half of their season kicking off. David Cobb at seven thirty. We'll dive back in. We'll get his thoughts on Turney, Washington State, Gonzaga, how he thinks the tournament, the field in general. He's got a power ratings uh, article out at CBSSports.com. So he'll join us at seven thirty. Dirt and Sprague back with more on the fan. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates – Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, 
There's joy in every journey. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. David Cobb's going to join us, CBS Sports. Uh, This happened yesterday in sports, and I thought it was a really cool moment, and the internet found a way to crap on it because the internet is really good at that. We'll get to that coming up. And uh, 8 a.m., Nick Kosmider covers the Denver Broncos for the Athletic. He did a mock draft with the Athletic beat writers of the NFL, and he's got the Broncos taking this player, and this player is shot up in a lot of the conversations, and I'm stunned. So I don't know. And look, I'm not Mr. Football. I'm not the best X's and O's guy, concepts, schemes, reading defenses, certainly not capable. But as somebody who has watched a lot of this player and watched a lot of football, I don't get it. And we'll talk to Nick Cosmider about that. If it's between this player or Bo Nix, we'll get his thoughts on Bo Nix as well. So he'll join us at 8. And then we'll talk a little bit uh, NFL draft at 8.15. We'll spray the line. So get the spray line sponsors in. Got some of them rolling in right now. At the Vancouver Ford text line, 503-864-6326. They treat you right before, during, and after the sale. Visit them for more information at VancouverFord.com. Uh, one of our P1s says, I'm sure they'll find a way to draft another point guard that's shorter than 6'3". And I responded, yep, and a local blog will give you five reasons why a team can win a championship with three point guards. <laughs> Wouldn't be stunning. You know, this is, hey, look, it's obvious. It's draft season, right? There's... What, 22 games left? 23 games somewhere in that ballpark, right? Yeah, let's... Uh, less than 30, I know that. The second half is never the true second half. There's always way less, but they're going to lose tonight. They're going to lose by a lot because it's Denver. And it's draft season, so I've been reading a lot of yeah, I mean, draft writers. Cronin was, at the All-Star break, they were... Recruit. They went to wherever they went. Look, it was on it, my plane coming home. Yeah, it's not a secret, right? Everybody knew what this season was going to be. And you mentioned him. He was shown in Australia. Uh, I like a lot of draft writers out there. I was reading one of them, Raphael Barlow. And he's got his own website. He does a really good job. And uh, he went through the top five. Now, he just played it out as if this the order that it's in now is the order the draft goes in, which we know is never the case. But... The two names that stand out to me right now. Where is Portland? Fifth? Sixth? Fifth. They're fifth. Um, The two names that I'm really intrigued by, and I think a lot of people are when you dive into this, because it's not a deep draft. Alex Sar in Australia, which is where Schmitz and Mm -hmm. Cronin were. That's who they were scouting. He is a very athletic, moves a lot without the ball, can screen roll, like a pretty dynamic athlete in Australia. And he's projected to be the number one pick. If the the Blazers, and it's no secret because a lot of teams will, number one on the big board. Uh, which would make an interesting conversation about Aiton and what the future is with that. But Sar is really young. The second one is one within our own backyard. He's going to be on TV on Saturday at 6 p.m. And if you have the Pac-12 network, you don't have to watch the whole game, but maybe turn it on and check it out. Cody Williams at Colorado, mm-hmm. who is a 6'8 wing. 
His brother, Jalen Williams, is a stud in Oklahoma City right now. Who is great at uh, great. Santa Clara. Um, well, they're like so good this year, they're wondering if it's a big three. Yeah. Do they have a big three in OKC already? Is it the new big three for OKC, the baby big three? They had it one time, and then they chose to let one walk away. Chet, SGA, and Jalen Williams. Cody Williams is at Colorado. Where did Chauncey Billups go to college? Colorado. Where did Joe Cronin grow up? Colorado. Where did Jabari Walker play basketball? Colorado. Okay. There is a natural pipeline connection, I think. Tad Boyle does a fantastic job at Colorado. I don't know if they're unhappy or happy. Colorado's a good program, and they're kind of West Mountain West Coast-ish Villanova. They have good players that go to the league. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if going to the Big 12 will get him more chats with higher blue-chip recruits, or if it means, I don't know. We'll see what happens, but um, they they are suited for Big 12 play under Tad Boyle. They play rugged. They play hard. They're mature. They have yep. a good understanding. Like, Jabari got gave a lot of credit to his dad, and he should, but I also think, like, kind of going through what he went through at Colorado, under-recruited, hey, why don't you go to the Buffs? The Buffs give him a shot. They have, they have a chip on their shoulder. They do, yes. And if you don't play defense, you don't play for Tad Boyle. Right, and so, you know, Cody Williams, to me, and it's obviously a positional, it's a position, a positional need for this team. That those are the top two. I think if you're going to stay within that top five, if that's your lottery luck, and we have a long way to go. Did you know the lottery, by the way, this year is on Sunday? Isn't that odd? Usually they do it. The NBA draft lottery is a Sunday this year. Weird. Yeah, usually they do it on a Thursday before playoff games. I know. I didn't. I thought that was maybe they want it to be a little more extended out because last year it would be like, and this team has this pick, and as soon as you cheered, they were on to the next team, and you what? I didn't are they hear drawing it. out the broadcast? Going to be like an hour broadcast now? Are they actually going to show us the ping pong balls? What um, are we... They'll never do that. I still think that should be mandated. Uh, if I was the player union rep, it's not important to me, but I'd kind of be like, yo, show the ping pong ball, you bastard. Mm. Uh, but, yeah, they're going to have it on a Sunday this year. Those are the two biggest names to me. Now, there's other interesting prospects. This Buzelis kid who's on the G League Ignite, which is a disaster of a situation Yeah, it looks in like itself. that might go away. Well, yeah, it turns out they didn't know how to use or handle high school prospects. Scoot just now wearing glasses. This Buzelis kid is not having a good year for them, but he's well, like 6'10". Well, and now NIL allows schools yeah. to pay guys more money than G League Ignite put into it yeah so <laughs> there's good prospects out there for some but it's not a particularly deep draft those are the two names for me cody williams at colorado right. alex Sar in australia and you just hope that the, the ping pong ball lands your way to be in a position to take either one of those guys that would be the early read so if you're interested in seeing some of the prospects it is draft season for the blazers they're starting their second half of the season i don't know how many games guys like ant and jeremy grant are going to play here did you look up the number? Was it 22 games remaining? Uh, they are, I think there's a few more than that. I think it's like 25 Is it 26. 25? Okay. They're not going to win a whole lot of those games. They don't want to win a whole lot of those games. It's time to start kind of looking and eyeing prospects if you haven't done that yet. SAR is a little more difficult given the time difference in Australia. But Cody Williams, Saturday, 6 o'clock. If you want to check in just to see what he looks like. If you haven't watched Colorado, they play Utah. But... Second half of the season will start tonight. 
there's no hope of winning. It's a really tough situation. Fans are pissed. The TV deal's bad. It's a lot of negative momentum going their way right now. But it's draft season, and so maybe that's savior. Orlando is the team, by the way. I teased a team. Orlando is your best shot. If you're rebuilding, Orlando mm. looked good last night at Cleveland. The difficult thing is you need your Palo. Yeah. You, you need you need a Wagner. And I don't know if that'll be Shade, and I hope he's baby Kobe. Do you prefer Mo or Vons? Mo <laughs> uh, or Franz? Franz. I'll take Franz over Mo, but I want the Wagners. But you need that, and and that's the next step. Is this draft going to provide it, or are you looking at the draft next year, which feels like an eternity away at this point? Uh, Daily Ticker is next. David Cobb covers college basketball for CBS Sports. Get his read on the Pac-12, Washington State story, how close is Oregon to being one of those bubble teams? Gonzaga's down year, the WCC. We'll get to all of it. David Cobb joins us for the ticker next on 1080 The Fan. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. In this wide world of sports, some stories can slip through the cracks. Now, before we do this, let's go over the ground rules. This is the Daily Ticker, where Dirt and Sprague visit the insiders that are covering the stories you've heard about, and some you haven't. How'd you do that? I'm not even mad. It's amazing. The Daily Ticker with Dirt and Sprague on 1080 The Fan. All right, Daily Ticker time here on Portland Sports Leader 1080 The Fan. We'll dive into some football stuff, an interesting thing in sports that happened, and the internet was quick to be polarizing on the topic. We'll tell you what that is in 15 minutes. Uh, but David Cobb, our good friend from CBS Sports, covering college basketball. His new power rankings are out at cbssports.com. He's got Houston leapfrogging uh, UConn and Purdue for number one. So Calvin Sampson and the uh, Cougars, number one after impressive showing. UConn's dropped to 
Purdue 3. David is uh, joining us now. Good morning, David. Thanks for hopping on. How you doing? Hey, I'm doing well. Appreciate you having me. Yeah, no, I appreciate you hopping on because uh, college basketball is heating up. March is around the corner. A lot of us out here, you know, football season's done. The Blazers suck. There's only so many things to pay attention to right now, and college hoops is one of them. I want to start your power ranking. I enjoyed going through this, and I know one team is going to be changing in your next power ranking given what happened last night. But I don't know. How often, David, have we had a team – be as dominant or good as Purdue, and nobody in America thinks they're go- they have a shot in hell to win the championship. <laughs> well, it's the reputation at this point for Matt Painter and Purdue. Great regular season team, but a team that has gained the reputation for flopping in March. And that predates last year's loss to Fairleigh Dickinson in the NCAA tournament. It's been a long time since Purdue has made an Elite Eight or a Final Four, and uh, that's why there's so much skepticism around the Boilermakers. It, it's just we got to see it before we believe it. We, we saw it last year with UConn; they cut down the nets. We've seen it with Houston and Kelvin Sampson reaching a, a Final Four. So we just got to see it with Purdue, I think, before you can really trust them. Washington State goes to Tucson last night. Now Arizona's four in your power ranking. Washington State stayed at 19, as you highlight in your power ranking article. Uh, Thursday's showdown in Arizona will be a significant test for the Cougs and a chance to elevate their national profile after they beat the Wildcats at home on January 13th. A win would also bring a Pac-12 title into the picture. They won. They came back. They were leading at half. They uh, Arizona comes out in the second half, takes a little bit of a lead. It becomes a back and forth. They get a massive and one with a three-pointer, and they get a huge road win um, how do you view the Cougar, the Cougars right now, given what you said about them in your power ranking, now that they've beaten Arizona in Tucson? Well, first off, I'm just annoyed with Arizona that I finally trusted them enough <laughs> to move them back into the top five. And then they, they go out and lose that at home uh, last night. Because, you know, I had been down on Arizona, and I had them a couple weeks ago, I had them out of the power rankings after they lost to uh, Oregon State. And uh, I got a lot of flack for that. And now that they had started to regain my trust and, and, and I elevated them in the power rankings and then uh, they got swept uh, by Washington State. And, and all credit goes to Kyle Smith and that Cougars team because uh, everybody, myself included, just thought that Arizona was going to walk away with the Pac-12, win it by multiple games this season because UCLA was down. Oregon can't quite get it together. Uh, but Washington State said, no, hold on a second. We got something to say about this. And there was really no reason to think that was going to be the case because when you looked at that, that Washington State roster before the season, there was nothing there that indicated something like this was in store. And so all credit to Kyle Smith for IDing the guys that he needed in the portal uh, and then putting them together in a coherent fashion to where they can go on the road and beat a, a team that was projected as the number one seed in the NCAA tournament. Their uh, their remaining schedules, it's manageable. They should be able to win the remaining games. You can never you know, be con- completely confident, I think, in college hoops, but their schedule's in their favor. If they finish this thing out and win the regular season Pac-12 title, I know the conference tournament's the biggest one, but if they finish the season number one, is Kyle Smith your coach of the year? I think you would have to be. Uh, Lamont Paris at South Carolina was sort of the early darling in that uh, in that conversation. They've begun to fade a little bit at South Carolina. Uh, still probably going to be the SEC coach of the year. But when you start having that national conversation, 
Uh, I think you got to look hard at Kyle Smith, especially if, as you mentioned, uh, they are the Pac-12 champions, which at, at this moment, um, they're in the driver's seat to, to, to be that. So, yeah, uh, absolutely. I think he's on a list of about three to five uh, maybe right now. And, and what he did last night, as I mentioned in those power rankings, it's only going to elevate the national profile. And so I think that really helps Kyle Smith's case. David Cobbs, our guest here, CBS Sports, covering college football and, most importantly right now, men's basketball at cbssports.com. Power rankings article is out at cbssports.com. Find David on Twitter, at David W. Cobb. Uh, you mentioned Oregon not having, uh, you know, not having a great year by, by their measurement, but they've kind of pieced it together a little bit. They've been very banged up this year. They're eighteen and eight, and I, I just—they're not even in a lot of bracket, you know, bracketology season. They're not even in the first four out. How close is Oregon to being one of those bubble teams, or is that one of those outside of winning the conference tournament? You don't view them at all as a NCAA tournament team. Well, they've still got a shot right now. Our, our bracketologist at CBS, uh, Jerry Palm, he's got them first four out. So, so they're not—they're not far off. But what it comes down to in a league like the Pac-12 which isn't all that strong and, and is about to dissolve is the one or two opportunities that you can find to really move the needle. And at this point for Oregon, it's going to be a road game against Arizona here in about a week. And, you know, that's pretty much your, your golden opportunity, your golden ticket to the dance. If you win that one, all of a sudden that is a high magnitude, high caliber quad one win. And that one gets you on the right side of the bubble. But if you lose that one, even if you win the rest of your regular season games, none of the rest of them are really going to move the needle all that much. And then you could end up in a situation where, yeah, you, you probably at least got to make the Pac-12 title game uh, to get some at-large consideration at that point. So, you know, it all comes down to that that Arizona game uh, for Oregon. And, and I got to think Arizona is going to be pretty determined to defend its home court after what happened against uh, Washington state last night. Now, Gonzaga, David has had a large, a long time stranglehold kind of on the WCC. St. Mary's has built their program up pretty well and they're having a great year. Gonzaga a little down from where they normally are. How do you view Gonzaga for the tourney? Is this a sneak up on teams team this year with Gonzaga or is this just kind of a meh, you don't see them doing a whole lot of damage if they get to the tournament? Yeah, I think it's the latter due to the lack of depth. I mean, they, they had a really rough go of it with injuries before the season, uh, losing a, a key figure in Steel Venters, who was supposed to be a, a big-time contributor for them to injury before the season even started. So they're among the uh, least reliant on, on their bench in the country. So it's kind of like a five- or a six-man show. And I just think it's difficult once you get to single elimination basketball where you're playing every other day or back-to-back days in the WCC tournament, um, it, it's hard for a team like that to piece together a, a run. So I, I do still believe Gonzaga is going to find their way to the dance. Uh, I'm, I'm not sold that, that they'll make a lot of noise uh, once they get there. Who would you bet on to win the tournament right now? Yeah, uh, I think there's some intriguing value probably in the 10 to 15 range on the odds sheet. Now, like obviously UConn, Purdue, Houston, those are your favorites to win it all. Uh, but there's there's been enough uh, flaw in, in those three to maybe look down a little further and look at a team like Alabama or look at a team like Illinois, who from a betting perspective, you could probably get a good value on at, at this point with you know, 20 to one or, or, or greater. So, you know, I, I would look down at, at teams like that um, to, to be a good value, but 
you know, when it comes down to who am I going to pick to win the national championship come selection Sunday, it's going to be difficult for me to pencil somebody in other than UConn, Purdue, or Houston. And, and of course, that'll, that'll change maybe depending on what happens these next couple of weeks. But those three, to me, have pretty clearly established themselves as the favorites. I'm coaching sixth grade girls, so I'm watching a lot more college basketball this year than I, than I have in the last couple of years, just to like see what coaches are doing. You have a degree in sports analytics from Ole Miss. I saw that in your profile, and I'm, I, it kind of struck me. As somebody who is very familiar with analytics, how do you feel like college basketball is using and embracing sports analytics for that sport, given how driven we know the NBA is using analytics is college basketball still significantly behind the NBA in the way they use analytics? Because there's a lot of games that I watch where I'm like, this feels like it's looked the same for 30 years. How the sport has evolved with having more information. It's crazy. The coaches in college basketball run the gamut from total denial over analytics to like total obsession. Whereas like in the NBA, it's, it's pretty much across the board. There's certain concepts and, and, and a base level understanding of analytics. Everybody's got at least one or two people in the, in the front office or on the staff who have a deep understanding of that stuff. In college basketball, you could see uh, coaches just totally deny it or totally embrace it. Uh, it just depends on the, on the guy. Uh, one to look at uh, who just totally embraces it, who could be in the conversation here uh, over the coming weeks, Alabama. If you go and look at their shot chart. It's, yeah, Nate Oates. It's either all at the rim or all behind the arc. And that's, that's how he likes it. And that's what the analytics uh, would, would suggest is, is the right approach. So it, it's fascinating in college basketball. That, that is one thing that makes college basketball maybe more interesting sometimes than the NBA. I'm not necessarily saying it's a better product, but just the variety of styles and strategies. Because, you, you know, a matchup can go either direction in terms of pace style, shot selection, all that. Uh, and that, that makes it interesting on a given night. You, you kind of never know what you're going to get. Can you give me a name of a coach that's the opposite of Nate Oates? One that you kind of you kind of roll your eyes a little bit. You're like, really? You're, just, you're that against analytics, huh? Well, you know, Tom Izzo kind of pushes back on some of the Ken Palm stuff. And, you know, I think at, at his – when you get to his point in his career where you've made the NCAA tournament consecutively for a quarter century, you have a national title – you know, you can kind of do and say whatever you want and, and rebuff the uh, the accepted norms, right, of the sport and maybe go unquestioned on it a little bit. Uh, but, yeah, he's one that kind of comes to mind as getting, you know, he gets annoyed or frustrated with, with some of that stuff. And, um, you know, whatever, he's Tom Izzo. He can do what he wants. So uh, that, that's probably uh, one of the more prominent uh, examples of it. Um, but, but yeah, you, you see coaches who are, who are resistant to it and, and they prefer sort of their own feel they prefer what they see in practice and you know they'll, they'll let their guys go out and take mid-range jumpers if they feel that the situation calls for it and so you know I, I like that we have some of that I like that that we have some of the uh the old the old school mentality uh still in college basketball uh get you out of here with this David because it's sports radio so we got to be a little cliche with this stuff we debated of course we embraced the debate is John Calipari properly rated, overrated or underrated? They lose to LSU. Uh, Wildcat fans not happy right now. Where do you land on John Calipari? Well, I just think the um, the sport has passed him by a little bit because 10, 15 years ago, you could construct a championship caliber team c- comprised almost exclusively of freshmen. Well, in, in this day and age, uh, the sport has gotten so much older with all these guys who had the extra year because of the COVID 
uh, eligibility uh, clause. And then you've also got uh, the unlimited transfers, essentially, at this point, which allow uh, rosters to get a lot older as well. And meanwhile, he's over here stocking his roster with, with six freshmen as part of the rotation. And so naturally, when you got 18 or 19-year-olds out there against 23 and 24-year-olds, that's going to be a challenge from a maturity standpoint and from a physicality standpoint. And uh, he's not properly embraced, I don't think, that, that, that formula that you need, which, like, yeah, you can have a freshman or two in the rotation, absolutely, uh, maybe three, maybe even four. But you've got to have a deep well of nucleus uh, or a deep nucleus of returning talent and then a couple of transfers in there who, uh, who have seen a thing or two in their day. And, you know, he just that, – that, that formula for Calipari is still skewed way, way too young. And uh, he hasn't figured out that it's, it's difficult to win a title in this era with a roster like that. Great stuff, man. Overrated. That's how I just took what you said, and thank you for doing that. David Cobb, our good friend from CBS Sports, covering college basketball. His new power rankings are out at cbssports.com and on Twitter, at David W. Cobb. Give him a follow. David, it's nice to catch up with you. We'll have to do this maybe around tourney time. Thanks for hopping on this morning, and enjoy the weekend. Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate it. Great stuff. David Cobb, CBS Sports, his power ranking article out. You can find, as he mentioned uh, as well at CBS Sports, the Jerry Palm uh, bracketology. Uh, This happened yesterday in sports, became a little polarizing, and it shouldn't have been. I'll tell you what it is next on The Fan. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Dana Carvey and David Spade here. You might know our podcast, Fly on the Wall, featuring guests from across the entertainment industry. We decided to do a spinoff called Superfly, and it's fun. It's just two of us riffing on current events, pop culture, catching up, impressions. Joe, Trump's trying to be a dictator. Yeah, just, uh, you know, bump on the tater tots. Joe, no. (laughs) (laughs) Listen to and follow Superfly on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. It's crunch time. Let's go! Where Dirt and Sprague crunch the hot topics you want to hear. What's the pressure? Don't sit here and act like there's no... We get nervous teeing off in front of a gallery on the 10th hole at Eastmoreland. Crunch time. Brought to you by Crunch Fitness. With memberships as low as $9.99 per month. Find your crunch time in Portland, Vancouver, and online at crunch.com. All right, welcome back in. Our thanks again to David Cobb of CBSSports.com. Really good stuff, Swigard, from him on the NCAA tournament. Indeed. I seem to be alone with my uh, Coach Cal thoughts. (laughs) That was just great. Indeed. Indeed. It's kind of indicating, like, you're kind of right. Uh, But he was good. No, you kind of have been out there on an island that he's underrated. 
I understand, but like I, I, I lean overrated. I just, I do like what he said though. He hasn't, like he was, he was first. He in was the first one to done. embrace the one and dones and the freshmen and and how you can yeah. do it and get talent and mold them together. Yeah, and grow during a season. And by the time you get to tourney time, they know what they're doing. But now the transfer portal and all that sort of thing, and he hasn't adjusted. That part I get. I understand that. And as much noise as that dude gets, you know, Izzo only also has one, which is funny. We don't talk about Tom Izzo. We no, talk about we, Calipari. I mean, think about, yeah. And he's a red ass who is, you know, not wanting yep. to embrace analytics. That's wild to me. Uh, we'll, we'll get to Nick Cosmider coming up. He covers the Denver Broncos. He participated in a athletic mock draft. Beat writers for every team give you who they think the, the team will pick. His was interesting, and he's not alone on this. This name is shooting up the mock draft. So we'll talk about it coming up at the top of the hour. We'll spray the lines, get the spray line sponsors in at the Vancouver Ford text line. Uh, Charlie Woods competed in a tournament to try to qualify. Yeah, we tried to qualify to get into the Monday qualifier yep. for a PGA tournament coming to Florida. He shot an 86 at Lost Lake Golf Club. He had a 12 on the back nine on one of the holes. And this was interesting because him playing in this caused a little bit of chaos. They had people showing up in droves begging for autographs. They had people sneaking into the woods when his ball went there so they could try to take it. Uh, they had He had his own security detail. And then, oh, by the way, his card goes public on the internet, and the internet's like, oh, an 86, huh? I'm like, he's, he's 15. He's 15. He's Calm 15 down. This playing is a PGA tips. tour setup. Just, uh, no, I think... Go and experience it and see what it's all about. You have to you have to experience it to understand what you're getting yourself into. I admire this kid a great deal. He he you know, he loves golf. He clearly Is loves golf. Is there anyone who's trying to operate in a bigger shadow than him? Only Michael's Michael kids. Jordan's kids, yeah, probably. It. Maybe LeBron's a little bit because you know it's his name's LeBron Griffey's James. Jr. Kids, maybe. Yeah, but they played a different sport. That's true. They played football. Well, I thought one of them was trying to play baseball. Oh, well, I went to one kid played at Arizona for a minute. Yeah, football. At receiver. But I mean, honestly, just is there a bigger shadow in modern day sports that you're trying to follow in than what Charlie's trying to do for crying out loud? I, I think the other problem here, too, is like he goes out and plays these father son tournaments and he pipes these drives or they show highlights of him playing against people his age. And he's out driving them by 50 yards. Yeah. And it's like, that's what we get highlighted. And the minute you don't see that happening, it's like, oh, not as good as you think, huh? And I'm like, you guys are weird on the internet. Yeah. He's 15 freaking years old. Uh, did Jack's kids ever try to play golf? Uh, the oldest. I think Jackie did. He, did he get close or um, no? I think he might have played in a couple events or was trying to make it on what is now the Corn Ferry Tour, the feeder okay. tour. Um, you see some of these athlete names, right? Tim Hardaway Jr. is coming out. Steph Curry is one of these. You see the sons of former athletes. Very rarely are they ever like the all-time greats. And that's why those all-time really, greats. Really, Barry Bonds is the only one uh, that I can think of that surpassed his dad, Bobby Bonds. Sure. that's a, Yeah, that's a great example as well. And I, I don't think it's a knock against the kid. I think it's more highlighting like, hey, that's why uniquely great in that sport. Yeah. That's why right there. How hard that is to be what that was. If Tom insane. Brady's one of Tom Brady's kids wants to be an NFL quarterback, why, I, it's just 
I think one of them is a sophomore, junior in high school. Yeah. I've never, I haven't heard a peep about him. As well, a we got, we got. Well, Arch Manning isn't because that's Cooper's kid, that's right? Cooper's kid, yeah, yeah. Peyton's, I don't think, are at that age yet. Eli, I don't know if Eli did. Eli have boys or do you have girls? I can't remember. I but don't remember. The point is, kudos to him for trying. Yeah, and go out there. How many things would you need? Like on your best day, your best, your swinging, your putting's good. How many things would you even need to go right playing from the tips to shoot an 86 at a club like this? I think it's at least 12 for me. I would need uh, I would need a, a good bounce on every damn hole. And then I that all that would have to happen, and then Swag, I'd still have to make like a 14-foot putt yeah. to even get an 86. Exactly. So Settle down, world. Hey, internet, stop existing Settle sometimes. Settle down. Um, loaded final hour of the show. We'll dive into some NFL draft stuff. We'll spray the lines to get the spray line sponsors into the Vancouver Ford text line. We got a ticket giveaway, but we kick off the final hour. Nick Cosmiter of the athletic covers the Denver Broncos participated in mock draft. Does he like this player better than Bo Nix? Final hour, dirt and spray Nick Cosmiter next on the fan. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t-mobile.com. 